Hello and welcome to the Form of Fitness podcast, a podcast where I, Nathan Shanes, and my co-host Duncan Bryson will be breaking down the world of fitness into bite-sized pieces of information, such as exercise philosophies, routines, and more. We're glad you're along for the journey. We hope you enjoy the show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Form of Fitness podcast. I'm joined by Duncan today, and today we're going to be talking about programming. So, we kind of want to talk about a couple things with programming. I think we've touched on programming lightly before. We've talked uh, some of the individual pieces about what we're going to talk about with programming today. But we wanted kind of an all encapsulating episode on what what is it that I need to know about programming to go from essential beginner who maybe is just pulling, you know, basic five exercise workouts off the internet to creating my own program that, you know, potentially looks, you know, different from day to day or is, you know, a very, very conclusive uh, program that, you know, I could foresee myself using for three months or, you know, a certain amount of time that you find that is perfect for this. So, yeah. And I think that it's also important to remember that we have recorded multiple episodes uh, that cover a lot of the um, lifting philosophies, workout philosophies, workout modalities. You know, we've done the um, the powerlifting work uh, yep. stuff. We've done the Olympic stuff. We've done the gymnastics, and we've done CrossFit. And so, if you're confused about anything that we're talking about there, that would be a great time to go back and watch those episodes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna include like some different flavors of what it means to program mm -hmm. because. The first bit that we're going to talk about is to be able to program effectively, what you need to do is be able to identify your goals with the gym, right? Now, we've got a handful, handful of options on what you can do. You can mix and match a couple goals or you can make sub goals for one big, you know, master goal. So if that master goal is to go and compete at a powerlifting meet in two and a half months, and you've got this much time to, uh, you know, get this done in, you need to, I, I mean, obviously, like, that's a small time frame, right? Mm -hmm. Especially if you've signed up for a powerlifting meet and you're competing. It, it, unrealistic scenario. But what you need to be able to do is identify that that is your overarching goal is I want to do well at this powerlifting meet. So then sub goals would be what do I need to do? And the perfect opportunity to implement three sub goals for this main overarching goal is there's three lifts in a powerlifting meet, mm -hmm. you know, get your squat up, get your bench up, get your deadlift up. And then you have to work into how do I do those? You need, you should work to be as specific as possible with also giving yourself room to accept the progress you make. And as well as being able to realize the timeline on how long your goals are going to take. And that's something that you'll develop over time. That's not necessarily something you'll have as a beginner. It's not something I had as a beginner. We all thought six packs in six weeks. You know, I mean, like everyone thinks that, you know, it's it's just one of those things. Like you, you will become well, well accustomed with how long things do actually take in the gym and utilizing goals and being, you know, you're not going to be super crazy specific at the beginning because there's a lot of gym lingo and a lot of terminology that's in-group terminology that you're not going to be aware of. So setting goals perfectly aren't going to be your thing just yet. But if you've been in the gym for a couple of weeks, you're doing these workouts you found out online, you're starting to become a little bit more custom with the equipment, a little bit more custom with the motions. Then what you can do is take the step from 
you've probably started identifying goals and moving into building a program. And that's just step one. And I think that competition is a great way to define goals because even if you're doing something like a CrossFit competition, which is inherently going to be varied, it's not going to be, Mm -hmm. hey, you have to do a squat, a deadlift, and a bench press. But oftentimes, even in a CrossFit competition, there's certain things that you can identify as, hey, I'm weak at this, I need to get better. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, the things that you are weakest at are the things that you're going to improve the most, especially over that short time frame of like two and a half months. Um, and then if your goals aren't based on competition, um, you know, there's these strength-based goals. So I want to hit a X, you know, weight on my deadlift, bench press, squat. And that's almost like a competition stuff. And then uh, if your goals are more physique-oriented, bodybuilding, um, you know, you want to look like a really fit and big man. There's certain things that we can talk about there, like, you know, what I need to be growing. Do I need to be focusing on my shoulders? Do I need to be wor- mm-hmm. working more on my core? Um, just a hint for guys, usually what you're looking for is really strong-looking shoulders just because yep. it's one of the easiest ways to kind of bias the rest of your body. Right. Um and then also these goals are going to really help to influence how your workout's going to look. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're going to be looking at different intensities. You're going to be looking at different rep schemes. You're going to be looking at uh, even different variations of a standard movement. So in the case of like maybe you do need uh, – like a, you want to do a different form of like lateral raise or front raise for your shoulders. And one of these might be more, you know – well equipped to grow your shoulder while a different one might be more focused towards making you have actually stronger shoulders. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that you do become aware of is that just because your muscle gets bigger, that's not what people mean by training for strength. That's Mm -hmm. why training for strength and training for muscle growth are a little bit different. Well, yes, if you do have more muscle, you do have the capacity to be stronger. And most likely you will be stronger than yourself before. But when you're training for strength, you're not always going to gain more muscle as you gain more strength, right? And that's something I believe we've touched on. But if not, you know, that is, I'm saying it now. It's just something to know. Yeah, and also just like at a very micro level, um, focusing on what your goals are is going to help you order, you know, what you're doing in the gym at the very beginning versus at the very end. Um, There's a lot of science that's kind of come out and been like, hey, Keep your workouts to about an hour, anything Mm -hmm. more than an hour. And what's going to happen is you're going to mentally fatigue. It's not even so much about your physical body. Maybe it can handle a bit more. And if it can, you probably just didn't do, you know, your sets for long enough, your weight for heavy enough. Something in the formula was probably not right. But anything more than about an hour of working out is going to result in you just not being able to put in the same amount of effort. And then we can look at even the first like 15 minutes of your, your workout after your warm up is going to be the most productive part of your workout. Yeah. It doesn't matter on really who you are. It's just, again, a mental thing. Um, and there's very few people who can combat, you know, that mental fatigue that is going to naturally happen as you progress throughout your workout. It's just like, you know, a long work day. That last hour of an eight hour workday sucks. Yeah. You know, we've all been there. It's a finisher for a reason. You know, like the end of your workout, the goal is to either push it hard and get a 
a lot of stuff done, and then you got to cool down. Mm-hmm. You got to cool down. So, so our goal should be to put whatever you really want to work on that day at the beginning of your workout. Yep, after right you after that warm-up. So, again, if you're a power lifter, you know, one day you're going to do squatting, one day you're going to do bench pressing, and one day you're going to do deadlifting. Make sure that you put the focus, which would be those three major lifts, at the beginning of the workout yep. and then go into accessory work. Right. Your accessory work should be accessory and more towards the end. Right. And definitely the way that this would probably look in the case of, let's say, let me give an example of a a, a push day for a power lifter, right? Mm-hmm. Ideally, what you would do is get in the gym, five to 10 minute warm up, whether or not this be doing um, light warming, exercising movements that affect the area or um, areas around the muscles you're working on. So this could potentially be mean doing uh light sets of push press or something like this just to kind of warm up your chest Mm -hmm. or it could mean you know doing doing some curls doing just lightweight stuff to really just get your body acclimated get your body ready or doing you know maybe some light treadmill walking just get your body temp up and just kind of get your breathing in pattern get your body ready to go it's kind of the goal uh it's the reason why you know you do warm-ups for running and stuff like that you're just trying to get your body ready for the idea that you are exerting more energy than just not doing anything so what we can do after this is that a lot of times you'll see, and everyone that goes to the gym sees this, it's get in, warm up a little bit, bench press on that push day. Bench press. Bench press is the, it is the quintessential push exercise. It involves your shoulders for stabilization. It involves your triceps for extension, and it involves your chest for extension. It is the chest exercise, right, that everyone counts, everyone works on. So what are you going to do? You're going to do... A lot of times you're going to be hitting these compound motions at the beginning of your um, your work. And that's the thing about it is those focal points, what you're building. A lot of times these are compound movements that hit a lot of muscles, predominantly certain ones, secondarily some, and then stabilizers as well. Um, and then what you would probably go into is something akin to it, but still trying to stay around the compound motion. I know this is big thing in the powerlifting community is do your compounds first mm-hmm. so that way you can give your energy to these compound motions while you still have it. And then as you work into the end, give each muscle group kind of like a rest by doing accessory work in a circuit almost. You know, yeah. it's maybe we'll do a chest iso and then a tricep isolation exercise and then a shoulder ex- isolation exercise and working all these things in a circuit to give the other one a little bit of rest it's kind of hard to give your triceps a little bit of rest on these days. Yeah. Just because when you're doing a shoulder exercise, you're using your triceps. When you're doing, or, or like a pushing shoulder exercise, like, you, you know, like Arnold press, shoulder press, stuff like that. But then you finish it off and maybe you cool down with a light treadmill walk or something like that, some stretching exercise. And you see how that predominantly focuses the focal point at the beginning of the workout. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. While you are fresh, while you still have energy, after you've warmed up, you're ready to go, you know? Yeah. And if you're hearing all this, you know, stuff that you have to do during a workout and you're going, well, that's going to be kind of hard to fit within an hour. Um, and you have time for more. The issue is not necessarily, you can only work out one hour a day. The issue is you should only work out one hour a session. Um, especially as like a CrossFit athlete, something that I've done, um, recently. And I basically do this 
all the way up until about a week before competition. So like right now I am in, it's open season. So I have three weeks of only going to the gym, you know, for five or six hours plus competing. And really like the two of my days, you know, the two fall, uh, lead up days to the competition, I go and I sweat <laughs> is basically, that's basically the program is go in, sweat, but don't get sore. <laughs> um, don't tear up anything. Um, however, you know, on the weeks, months um, leading up to these competitions, I do have a basically secondary program involved where I'm mm -hmm. doing a push-pull leg on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. Um, and some people might be like, well, that's not very CrossFit. You're isolating movements. Well, yeah, but I'm still doing another workout on top of it every day, and this is just keeping me consistent and also, what it's doing is it's helping me work on muscle groups that I often neglect if I'm doing a certain program with the CrossFit stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that you can think about, too, is like, especially if you're into, let's say, powerlifting, but you do want to start getting into Olympic lifting, then maybe devote those extra sessions to the gym on figuring out some of your Olympic lifting stuff. Right. It's not going to be you know, completely beneficial to your strength building for your powerlifting stuff, but it will, it, it is powerlifting adjacent, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, especially when we're talking about cleans and jerks, you know, they're pushing movements, they're deadlifting ish movements. You just got to put in a lot more power and it's right. going to be lighter. Yeah. Kind of moving from the whole idea of goals. Exactly. You've kind of figured out what you want to do and we're moving into what do we want to do with that plan? And now we've stated like what I want to do is I want to focus my key exercises to the beginning of that program, right? Now, before we get too deep into what exactly we want to do, we want to kind of talk about how do most people split up their workout splits? So we've already mentioned push-pull legs mm -hmm. just because that is the dominant one. It's the dominant one right now. It I, I won't say it's always been the dominant form, but a three-day rotation is really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. For people that only want to work out three days a week, it's perfect. It's three days. Yep. And you hit your whole body while doing it. Um, for people that are wanting to work, like like me, I tend to work out closer to six days a week. Yeah. So I'm able to hit a rotation of that twice a week, right? With potentially it looking more like having a chest day one and a chest day two, or, or push day one, push day two, pull day one pull day two and leg day one, uh, <laughs> leg day two. And those being a little bit different from each other where I incorporate a little bit different exercises or focus on a little bit more niche part of the individual ideas of pull. One might be high back focused or low back focused. Mm -hmm. doesn't always happen, but it can happen. Um, and so there's that, right? Yep. There's what is commonly called the bro split or the gym bro split. Um, I personally don't recommend it. But it is it, it's an all right it, it's an all right split. You're gonna get stronger, okay? Yep. And this is a it's a four day split, right? It's uh, chest and uh, or no, I think it's a five day split. It's chest and tries, back and buys, shoulders, and arms, and then legs. Okay, because I swear on my life, it's like it. it the, and the reason why I don't recommend it is because it is very very top heavy. It's ve like there are. Yeah way like you're only gonna hit one leg day a week it'll make you look like a dorito it'll make you look like a gym bro 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you'll get you'll get called chicken legs. I swear <laughs> on my life, you know. Um, unless those leg days are killer, yeah. you're still going to get called chicken legs. Unless you've got some insane genetics. Uh, unless um, you, you know, yeah. Uh, it, it's it's going to be hard things. to keep those legs. So there's that. Um, there's variations of those where it's, you know, chest and tri shoulder, uh, back and buys, legs, ab and shoulders, it's something like that. Um, I know I've seen a lot of different ones in the community, but a lot of them tend to focus around do like muscles, um, do similar muscles. Like, like when you do a compound motion, what you do is you identify the muscles you're activating, right? So on a bench press, chests triceps shoulders are stabilizers and biceps do like a micro microscopic amount of work to stabilize as well mm -hmm. so make a day focused around chest and try when it comes to like let's say rows rowing for weight you're going to be doing a lot of back motion and a little bit of bicep motion because as you pull towards your body you're going to use your biceps in your back that's what people focus around for some of them now there's other philosophies where i've seen people do uh like chest and back, and then they'll do arms one day, and then they'll do like if you if you know the way your legs divided up. There's the back side of your leg, like yeah. your hamstring and stuff, and then the front side of your leg, your quad quadriceps, which kind of involve different types of motions, right? So like your hamstring is more you do like things like RDL uh, and like hamstring curls yeah. for your hamstrings, and you do things like squats. Um, for your hand, for your uh, for your quads Quats. and your glutes, and a lot of these motions are a little bit different. And for some people, they're kind of hard to fit into the same day, so they'll they'll separate those out. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like there's a lot of different variability with this, and you need to figure out based on what goal you have, which set fits specs for you. Because if you're, you know, if you just want to have a big upper body and you give less of a shit about your lower body, then Go right ahead, hit legs once a week, or do what most high schoolers do and don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't hit legs because Lord knows I've been there. Lord knows I regret it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's also one program that I've seen that has gotten emphasized a lot more by like almost the health, the workout community. That's kind of um, developed from like. Andrew Huberman, um, the guy who runs Modern Wisdom's podcast, uh, a little bit from More Plates, More Dates with Derek. And, like, the idea is, is you're going to spend three days building your strength and you're going to spend two days working on uh, cardio, specifically zone two cardio. And so the idea of this kind of workout program, workout split is you're going to hit, you know, your general body three days a week and then you're going to get cardio in two days a week. And the cardio is... It's there for cardiovascular health. It's also there for the insane like mental benefits and all that mm -hmm. other stuff that you're wanting to um, eke out as well. And so, if your goal is health and like on, for from an entrepreneurial sense, you know you're trying to make it so that it's impacting beneficially the rest of your day. Yeah, and that is your specific goal. There's certain things that you can do in that uh, focus where you're almost optimizing um, certain parts of exercise and working out and also um something that we talk about in like medicine and supplements a lot your minimum effective doses dosage right so a lot of the workout community they're going way above the minimum effective dose because they're not just trying to be healthy they're trying to get 
strong. They're yeah. trying to get yoked. They're trying to compete. Right. And in order to do that, they have to put in a lot more time. Right. And so, like, you, again, do have strength-focused uh, kind of sp- splits mm-hmm. is what you would call that, splits. Uh, strength-focused ones, uh, physique-building, uh, you know, bodybuilding-style uh, splits, and then, like, more general health-focused ones, ones that, you know, don't exclude cardio, ones that don't exclude legs, ones that don't ex- – <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of times as you move towards the general health, they just have a little bit more of everything. Yep. So you might have, you know, a day dedicated to body weight work, yep. whereas you'll have a day dedicated to strength work uh, with with additional, you know, utility or a machine-focused day where – the goal is to prevent you from tiring out joints mm-hmm. or things. And then you'll have free weight day where yep. the goal is to kind of build more of these ligaments, tendons, and try to progress your body, just body health as general. And, and a lot of times this tends to be more recommended towards people that are getting up in age mm-hmm. um, or people that are completely fresh to the gym. So that way yeah. they can get a little bit of dosage of everything kind of understand what they're what they want out of the gym yeah and those types of programs are going to have a lot more of these more functional movements in there so you know think about like a burpee what's a burpee well it's picking yourself off the ground Mm -hmm. so especially if you're getting up there in age and you are starting to have to worry about falling well being able to fall and not hurt yourself along with being able to pick yourself up once you fall is very helpful and so that's what a burpee is and then um like carrying in groceries so you'll see farmers carries you'll see some more mm-hmm. running um and learning how to run and learning pose running and yeah. um all these other things and so that's kind of what you'll see out of this more um almost functional fitness healthy programming right focus. more of like more of a lifestyle type change as opposed to uh getting up in gym culture type yeah type uh environment is the goal of that um another thing that we can uh we can really look at is when it comes to all these you know different types of fitness is what do they do as far as like splits go for each individual exercise um so with that being said i want to talk a little bit about numbers right Mm -hmm. numbers as far as like how much should i do per set and how much how many times should I do that set per exercise mm-hmm. or, or that, that amount per exercise? Um, so like in my case, I tend to move and migrate more towards the four to five set range uh, with upwards of maybe like 15 reps per set. I know that's a little bit on the higher end for some mm-hmm. people. Some people try to stick more towards the three to four range um, for being a very, very top end uh, and maybe even including the warm up set that they're yeah. going to do, which I try not to include that warm up set as a set, uh, just because I know it is good for me as someone that has been in the gym for a while. I do need to actually <laughs> warm up. D- I, I not only do need to warm up, but I need to make sure that I'm doing sets that are actually physically affecting me as opposed to just kind of getting me, yeah, like warmed up or like just moving. Versus. Yeah, move just moving as opposed to actually building strength or building muscle or things like yeah. those. So talking numbers, um, I do four to five sets, a lot of times upwards of 15. A lot of times that number tends to stay near eight though. I tend to stay in that magical hypertrophy range of eight to 12 
reps, um, which is as as of current science, what we believe is the best for building muscle at a certain percentage of your max. Yeah. I believe it's it, it's sixty five to eighty percent of your max. I believe yeah. it is in the eight to twelve range is what is best for muscular growth yeah. as well as strength growth. Um, and there's a lot of science coming out now that's saying that you don't necessarily need to be in that range to improve your strength that yeah. much. Uh, you can get these benefits at higher reps, lower one one rep max percentage mm -hmm. weights. But I think in this regard, what we're looking at is a lot more of how do you personally push yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, I need a little bit more than just I've got to get out these three to five reps. I need something a little bit more. So I need a few more reps, a little bit less weight, and then I can push them out. And a lot of it is about you know, drive. And, and, and a lot of it's about power too. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, oh God, that's going to date this episode. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but no, like it is. And so for, for some things, like I know a lot of people, it's like, I just got to get through these three reps. Yeah. So pushing it at 90% one rep max for three reps for, you know, four or five sets is where they like to be. It's where they feel most comfortable. It's where they feel like they're gleaning the most out of every single set, every single rep. Yep. And then some people prefer to stay up towards the 25 to 30 reps for, you know, th three to, uh, I see some people do upwards of eight rounds, you know, things like this. Uh, I, you know, and I know it's, I know it's pretty modular in CrossFit and that's not yeah. like necessarily like, is that a super important number to you guys or? Because you guys do tend to include more of like a round type system where you yeah. circle, do a circuit. So when we're talking about like strength and like strength days, 20 to 30 reps total is usually what we are looking at. Oftentimes like a five by five or mm -hmm. a seven by three or a three by seven. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this is partially a timeliness thing, right? So if you're doing a five by five, you know generally going into it what a heavy set of five is for you. Yep. You also know generally um, that five is a good number where you're avoiding injury, but you're also able to get it pretty heavy. And so from a mental side of things, it's like you can get the average person into the gym and feel like they moved a decent amount of weight. And also, they're not going to be super discouraged by like, oh shit, I have to do 10 reps without like dropping the weight. This is going to suck. Because right. I think that that is partially why, especially for the longest time, we have focused on this stay within 20, 30 reps, anything outside of that, and you start seeing like losses in your strength um, growth. And it's not so much a, because your body's not adapting when you get into these super high rep ranges, it's just, it's hard for your brain to keep you going and if you're not putting in the work, you're not going to be able to put in um, or you're not going to get the results. Mm -hmm. um, because especially like if you're going out like super uh, big rep range, you know, if, yeah. if you're going like deadlift for 20 reps, well, you're probably only going to lift like a 135 pound deadlift bar. Yeah. And for a lot of people, that's like, well, that that's kind of dumb. And so they might not put in as much effort. Right. It's or, kind of discouraging yeah. in some regard to some people. Or you're going to see 20 reps and 135 is what you should be doing, but you're like, that's a lot of reps. And so you only do 95 pounds. And again, you're missing a little bit of the stimulus there. Right. 
Yeah. Um, and again, the, a lot of these things come down to personal preference. Yeah. Are you willing to put 10 pounds on each side of that bar and do it for 150 reps, right? Because yeah. if you are, and that's you, you're, t- you're a marathon type of person when it comes to this fitness, and not necessarily saying, like, this is all for timeliness, because that, no matter how you do it, is still going to take longer than a 5x5. Five five. <laughs> yeah. But if it's one set of 150, 10 pounds on each side, first off, your benefits are going to be there. I, I, I guarantee you, okay? <laughs> yeah. But it's got to be for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And whereas, you know, if you're wanting to do the same amount, but you do five rounds of 30, right? A lot of reps, a lot of reps. But a lot more people can do that, or there's a lot more people that fall into the category of person that is willing to do that. Yeah. Now, another thing going into, you know, this whole numbers deal is I actually modify what I do uh, between like my compound motions are going to have a different rep scheme a lot of times than my isometric movements. So my isometric movements, not only because they're at the end of the, uh, not only because they're at the end of the workout, but also because they are, they tend to, you know, be more isolating one muscle group. Um, what I, what I do is I will probably end up doing the same amount of sets but I might do more reps on the uh, the isometrics with less weight. And that has to do with the fact that a lot of it is mental game at that point. That the end of your workout, what you're doing is trying to push every rep, squeeze every rep out. I might do burn sets. I might do like holds or stuff like that during these ISO exercises at the end. And, you know, towards the beginning, I'm pumping iron. You know, I'm I'm squeezing the weight out. It's uh, it's a lot of it is how high can I push the amount that I can do five reps of on this exercise? You know, whether that be deadlift, whether that be squat, whether that be bench press, whether it be some variation of those three exercises, or you know, even a different exercise like like you know barbell rows or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and as far as what that does is, you need to identify not only what rep scheme you want, but what rep scheme gets you to your goal best and the the fitness landscape as far as this goes is sometimes polarized and sometimes not there's a handful of people out there that are like bro just do what you want and there's some people out there that are like no you need to do this and what what i would say is go and listen to both sides and yeah. figure out what is best for what you want right because what you'll find is that for some goals that rep scheme might be very important Right. And not only that rep scheme, but the amount of rest you're giving yourself between these sets. Right. These are very important for certain goals. And for other goals, they might not be important. So it's really important to find out what is important to reach your goals. Right. Because at the end of the day, it shouldn't be about you becoming better at something random. It should be about you climbing and moving more towards your goals. Um, so trying to compress and coalesce all this into one thing is. Make the goal, right? Mm-hmm. Check its feasibility. Not only like should you make the goal, but check its feasibility. Test your goal. Um, you know, see, see. I wouldn't. You know, sometimes I do like to say, see what other people think about your goals. Is it lofty? Is it reasonable? You know, yeah. and you've probably got friends in the gym that you can verify this stuff with. Um, and then what we want to do is we want to figure out how are we going to achieve that rep scheme. You know, split. What what are we doing every day? 
how frequently are we at the gym? So it's how frequent, what, and then you move into what exercises. Mm -hmm. What exercises at what rep scheme? And you want to try and move your key point exercises towards the beginning of your workout while you're maintaining your more isometrics towards the end. And if the goal is there can be days where your isometric needs to be at the beginning if that is your key exercise, right? Mm -hmm. But I digress. And moving on, now you're coming up with a plan, right? Yep. You've got you've got something concrete here. And as you do this, you will realize how easy it is and how more how much more aware you are of what muscles each exercise is doing and what the goal of each individual exercise does in your overall plan. Yeah. And knowing what exercises are supposed to do is very important because sometimes that gives you the added benefit of being able to mentally get a little bit more contraction or a little bit more extension out of certain muscles. Like, you know, if you don't think about it with a bench press, you're not going to think to squeeze your chest together at the top. Right. But once you know that that's what you're essentially doing with a bench press, you're going to find that you are more actively creating that um, compression essentially there between your um, two right. breasts and you're going to get more out of that movement. Mm -hmm. You know, the worst chest I've ever had was with a power lifter um, who basically was like, okay, do this, do this, do this. And he gave me like three different cues. And then I'm over there cranking out like 20 pound floor presses um, with like dumbbells. And it sucked. Because I went from being able to do fifteen to like twenty five reps in like one motion and like one round, and then I had to go like do a bench press that was super heavy for one rep, and it sucked. It sucked because you just bought, your but, body was not used to that. But so. the reason why my body could do that was because I was more intentional about what I was doing. Yep. And I was, and from now on, I will always be more intentional. Right. But if you don't have someone to tell you that the other way for you to figure that out is by doing your research mm -hmm. and understanding why you're doing the different movements on the given day. Yep. And so now, now that you've got this plan, right, you've got this program, what do we need to know about the program as a whole? It needs to maintain a form of flexibility. Yep. Okay. You do not need to be super. And I mean, ridiculously strict about the fact that this is the end all be all plan. Sometimes you should have overarching plans that involve you swapping between programs that you create. Like what, what I do is that, you know, roughly every three months, I try to switch up what I'm doing. And whether or not that be I need a breather, I need a break from what I'm doing to give my body adequate time to rest or do something else. So that could look like me doing a one-month hiatus from that plan, right, and then going back to that plan. But it could also be it's time to change the program, right? And I'm going to make a new program that I'm going to do for the next three months. And I might, after that, go back to the previous program and, you know, mix them up and mix them around. But as I've done this, I have gathered more and more knowledge about each individual motion, what I want my day to consist of so that way I can achieve my goals in the long run. Mm -hmm. And this is all crucial parts of knowing fitness, knowing and getting closer to understanding what you need to give your body for you to be able to reach these goals. It's just about being more knowledgeable about fitness, about the gym, about working out, about health, about food, diet, everything. Like yeah. everything is falls under the being more knowledgeable via engagement, practice, and 
you know, just learning exactly what you need to do for all these things. Yeah. And your plan also needs to be measurable, repeatable, and observable. You know, um, one of the best ways to do this because you're in the gym and because you're probably going to be doing lifts, um, do a max day at the very beginning. Yeah. Figure out what your one rep max is. And then at the end of your program, whether it's nine weeks, which is what I like to do just because I'm a student, it makes it a lot easier to track mm -hmm. if I'm saying, A, when midterms happen, I have to also do my one reps. For me, that's mentally a, a, a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, or if it's, you know, at the end of two and a half months, three months, you know, seasonal, whatever you want. Um, it has to be measurable. It also has to be repeatable. You know, it's kind of mm -hmm. like the scientific method, right? If it's yep. not repeatable, then odds are the gym wasn't what was making you stronger. It had to be something else. Yeah. And then it also needs to be observable. And it needs to be observable because that's the only way you're going to measure and repeat stuff. Right. Um, and also, like, observable can be it, if you haven't seen a friend in a while and he comes up and he's like, oh, have you been working out? You know, that's also good evidence that something is working. Right. You are making change. Something it's something from your plan is going into action, whether or not it is exactly what you picked out and whether or not it's an exact goal. Because one thing I will say, and this is a big part about being in the gym, is that there are going to be changes that you don't notice. There's going to be changes that are going to occur without you really recognizing it. And whether that could be like, oh, like, you know, I've been doing a leg dominant workout routine. And then you get back into deadlifting and you realize, wow, like my deadlift is a lot stronger or something like that. Or you go back and get on the treadmill and realize I'm not necessarily faster because I've been practicing this. And I'm not necessarily faster because I am more fit. I'm faster because my mental game is way closer to being on point. And I'm able to push myself past boundaries of which I have never been able to do before. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I have recognized in myself is the mental game is something you may not notice, but it is something that is very, very crucial and very, very real to this equation is being able to push yourself and just making your life better. Generally, like this is what this all kind of culminates in. And this is what some of the goal is, right? It's some of the goal that you don't need to plan out because that should occur anyway, based on your program. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, do you have anything else you want to add? No. Um, no, I think we've I think we've beat programming to death. Uh, <laughs> without getting into like exact specifics, <laughs> without getting into the weeds, without getting yeah. into the, like the minutia that would make this episode nine hours long. <laughs> yeah, this is everything you need to know about specific. Uh, you know about programming and so, getting you started and getting you started. So now we've done from basic from beginner. To the product. You've got a program now. So go put it in action and we'll see you guys next time. See ya.